Man, let's go. How do you beat that? How do you top that? Have you ever felt like a service is designed just for you? I believe this morning, this service and this message may not be designed for all of you, but I do believe it is designed for many of you. God has brought you here to hear from him this morning. And I pray you will listen to what he has to say. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we do recognize that you are the Lord of hosts and you go before us and call us to be still and know that you are God. I recognize, Lord, that you have created this service for me today. And I know you've created it for some of my brothers and my sisters. I pray, Lord, that this message would speak words of encouragement and life to all who hear. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. So here's the deal. I got a confession to make. A number of weeks ago, I discovered TikTok. And I'm curious, how many of you have a TikTok account? Raise your hand if you have a TikTok account. Okay, a few of you have a TikTok account. How many of you post videos on your TikTok account? Any of you post on your TikTok? Okay, great. Few of you, a couple of you post TikTok videos. How many of you have never even heard of TikTok? Okay, yes, I know. There's a few of you that have never even heard of TikTok. TikTok is a social media website where people can make short videos and post those videos for other people to watch. And the videos can be on any matter of topic. I mean, the topics are, are unlimited. And as I mentioned, I discovered TikTok a few weeks ago. And to be clear, I had heard about TikTok. What I actually mean is a number of weeks ago, I opened my own TikTok account. Now, not to post videos. So what happens is, is my wife occasionally sends videos on our family text chain. And one day she sends a video of a father who makes videos about his kids and about their birth order traits. And they're really funny. Usually I can open up those videos in the text chain. But for this particular video, I couldn't open it up in the text chain. So because I want to laugh, I go to TikTok. I take the link and go to TikTok. And I get to TikTok and I'm thinking, well, I would just be able to watch it there. But no, TikTok is smart. TikTok makes you open up an account to watch the video on their site. So I open up my own TikTok account. Bad decision by me. <laughs> so I open up the TikTok account and I watch the video that Jen had sent to our family and it was really funny. And I laughed because it fits my kids' personalities to a T. But then I continue to watch TikTok because TikTok continues to feed me videos, funny videos about kids. And so I keep scrolling, actually it's up. I keep scrolling up and watching funny videos about kids. But then something interesting and kind of scary starts to happen. TikTok sends me more and more videos. More and more videos about kids. And then the videos start to change. And I start to get different kinds of videos. And some of those videos I kind of flip through really quickly. Some other videos I kind of pause on and watch a little longer. Some videos I watch till the end. 
I spent over one hour watching TikTok videos. It's crazy, isn't it? But it gets even crazier than that because it wasn't just only that one night of that week that I watched over an hour of TikTok videos. Multiple nights, multiple hours watching TikTok videos on my phone. But this is where it gets a bit scary. TikTok started feeding me videos, funny videos about kids. But then they start feeding me other things. And I learned since then that TikTok has some of the most complex and sophisticated algorithms. And what that means, essentially in layman's terms, is TikTok is able to read your mind. And they start to recognize what you like to look at. And they start to feed you more of what you like to look at. And they feed the addiction that they had created in me. And it started off with funny videos about kids. But pretty soon it was videos about expensive boats and cars. Because I like expensive boats and cars. <laughs> and TikTok knows that about me now. And shortly it moved from expensive boats and cars to little videos about politics and COVID feeds and discussions. And pretty soon I felt trapped in TikTok. And instead of raising me up and encouraging in my life, this distraction that took me away from much more important things, not only was just a distraction, but it was a discouragement as well because I realized I was never going to have those expensive boats or cars. And I also came to understand that all this political stuff in the COVID discussions, I can't do anything about it. And it's certainly not going in the direction that I would like it to go in. And so not only am I distracted, but I'm deeply discouraged. And if you're tracking with me, you know it doesn't end there. Because the distraction and discouragement ends up going deeper. It ends up starting to affect other things in your life. And the other issues or problems that you have in your life grow bigger in your mind and you become more discouraged. So in my life, issues with my parents' health, some other family issues we were having, my assistant had, been, had resigned, and all of those things in my mind became bigger, more distracting, more discouraging, and I was in a dark place. So much so that one night my wife says to me, are you okay? You just seem to be sad. I was, I was just sad. But then I went to church. That's a good place for an amen, by the way. <laughs> I went to church and that morning, I don't remember what the music was about. I do remember Jim was preaching. I'm sure it was a good sermon, but I really don't remember that. What I do remember is at the end of the service, the blessing came on the board from Genesis 12, the blessing that we read together, God's promise of blessing to us, God's promise of blessing to me. And he writes in that blessing, look what he says. He says, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. 
I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse and all the people on earth will be blessed through you. As I was reading these verses, I realized that God himself had chosen to bless us. God himself had chosen to bless me. And in the midst of my distraction and discouragement, God, through these words, through this particular blessing, caused me to refocus from my distraction and my discouragement to his promise of blessing for me. I don't know what distraction or discouragement or darkness you are experiencing this morning. But I do know that many of you walked in here, many of you are sitting here, distracted, discouraged, and feeling a weight of darkness on your mind, spirit, and soul. You may have recently found out that your job is coming to an end and you are wondering how you are going to make it. You may be in a transition of life where something has changed greatly. Maybe in the last number of months you graduated from high school or college and you're wondering what the next step is and you you really don't see any light. Maybe you've had a loved one who has passed away, maybe from COVID. Maybe you yourself are ill, you're not feeling well, and you're wondering, and it just feels dark, and you're discouraged. My friend, this promise is for you. In the midst of the distraction, in the midst of the discouragement, God has promised to bless you. He's promised to bless you. He's promised to make your name great. He's promised to bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. And on top of all of that, he's not only promised to bless you personally, he's promised to bless you personally so that you can bless others. This morning, God wants you to hear the promise of blessing that he has for you specifically. So let's take our Bibles and let's turn to Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12 is found on page nine in the Bible that the church provides. Page nine, Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12 is a new section. It starts a new section in the book of Genesis. In the first 11 chapters of Genesis, we're kind of looking through a wide angle lens at what God is doing looking more at the big picture of things. Here in Genesis 12, God zooms in and he narrows the focus. God chooses one man. He calls this one man to faith and then he begins to implement his plan through this one man. A plan that took thousands of years to implement but eventually culminates in the death of Jesus on the cross, in his resurrection from the dead, and in abundant and eternal life for all who believe in Jesus. That one man, the one man that God calls here in Genesis 12, was named Abram. His name is later changed to Abraham, 
And he is one of the greatest men in the Bible. Nearly a quarter of the book of Genesis is written about Abram, Abraham and his story. He's mentioned by name over 300 times in the Old and New Testament. Some people believe he is the most important person in the Old Testament. And in the New Testament, he's so important. Look at the first verse in the first chapter, in the first book, Matthew's gospel. Look at how Abraham is spoken of. Can we see that verse from Matthew chapter one? Verse one, please. There we go. No, that's Galatians. That's the wrong one. I will read the Matthew one one. That's okay. Look at what he says. This is the genealogy. This is Matthew one, chapter, chapter one, verse one. This is the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David and the son of Abraham. When Matthew wants to press the significance of Jesus, when he wants to speak of how significant Jesus is, he compares him to the greatest king and he also mentions Abraham, this incredible man of faith. Abraham is incredibly important. And now as we turn to Genesis chapter 12, we find where God speaks his call, his blessing, and his invitation of obedience to Abram. But this is much more than a story about a man who lived thousands of years ago. This is a story that is meant for you and for me today. What is Abraham's blessing is also our blessing. Look at how Paul explains this in Galatians 3, verses 7 and 9. This is what Paul writes, linking Abram's blessing to you and to me. Understand then that those who have faith are children of Abraham. So those who rely on faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. This means that those of us who have put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, who believe in Jesus, are the rightful heirs of the blessing that Abraham received from God. Abram's blessing is our blessing. These words are meant for us. So first we're going to look at his call. Abram is first introduced to us in the closing verses of chapter 11 and in the initial verses of chapter 12. And as we come here to chapter 12, we know that Abram is about 75 years old, which in those days would be considered middle-aged. All 75-year-olds here said, amen. 75 and middle-aged. He's living in a city He's living in the city, Ur of the Chaldees, which was a prominent, large city on the banks of the Euphrates River. Archaeologists and historians tell us it's one of the most prominent cities in the ancient world, and it likely had over 250,000 inhabitants. Abram is likely prosperous and successful. And when we meet him, he has a wife, Sarah, but at this point in the story, he has no children. He's also likely an idol worshiper like the rest of his family. And so as far as we know, Abram was not looking for God. 
Abram did not have God on his mind, but God was looking for Abram. And all of this changed when God spoke to him. The call is recorded for us in chapter 12, verse one. Look what it says. The Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. Now to say this would be a life-changing event would be an understatement. Can you imagine God appearing before you and telling you to leave your country, your people, and your father's household? And yes, God did appear before him. He actually saw God. In Acts chapter seven, Stephen tells us that the God of glory appeared before Abram. But even so, think of the implications of what God said to him. Do you think Abraham understood all of it? Look closely. God asked him to leave his country, to leave his people, to leave his father's household behind and go to some land I will show you. Abraham was asked to leave everything behind to follow God and go to what? some land I will show you. Are you kidding me? Like, what would you do? What would you do? God comes and he speaks to you and he says, leave, leave your country, leave your people, leave your father's household. You may be living life as you have designed it and as you have dreamed it. You may be living in the big city. You may have all the comforts of life. You're, you may have a wonderful spouse. You have great friends. You're close to family. Your job is going well. And God shows up to you and says, leave this, leave this all. What are you going to do? You don't want to move. You don't want to change anything about your life. But God steps in and he calls. This morning, I know, I know that there are some of you sitting, listening to me right now, or you are listening on your device, and God is calling you. God is calling you right now. Now, he may not have appeared before you. You may not have actually seen him, but as sure as you exist, you know in the depths of your spirit that he is calling you. He may be calling you for the first time to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. You've never declared Jesus as your Lord and Savior before, but this morning, he is calling you to believe. He's calling you to ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins and to enter your heart in your life so that you may have abundant life in Jesus. Jesus may be calling you for the first time this morning, but he also may be calling you, some others he may be calling to do something specific for him. Maybe he is calling you to start a neighborhood Bible study. Maybe he is calling you to speak to that friend that you work with that you've never ever told about Jesus and he's been calling you to say, to speak Jesus' name to that person. Maybe he's been calling you to serve here at Calvary Church in the children's ministry to work with six-year-olds. 
Maybe he's calling you to leave your job to go work for him someplace else. And maybe, just maybe, he's calling you to leave Grand Rapids, to move to another city, to live for him. The point this morning is that God just didn't call Abraham. He is calling you. And my friend, he has a plan for you. And that plan includes blessing. First here in chapter 12, we see that God calls Abram, but then he does something that I would never expect and that I certainly would not do if I was God. God chooses to bless Abram before Abram even answers the call. Before Abram chooses to obey God in what God has told him to do, God chooses to bless him. God unconditionally promises to bless Abram. Let's look what he says. Verses two and three. This is our benediction. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse and all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Look at this. Even though Abram hasn't done anything, God's call comes with great promises of blessing. God promises to bless Abram. When God calls or moves in our lives, he doesn't often give us the reasons. He doesn't fill us in on all the details. He often doesn't ask, answer the questions why or what for. He doesn't even sometimes answer where or how, but he always gives us the promise of blessing. To be blessed by God generally means to experience God's favor and goodness. To experience God's favor and goodness now let's look at the specific promises of blessing that God made to Abram and makes to you and to me. There are essentially three promises of blessing here. The first promise, God would make Abram a great nation. This promise was that Abram or Abraham later in life would have a child and greatness would result. And that actually came to be Abram had a son, Isaac. Isaac had a son, Jacob. Jacob had 12 sons who became the great nation of Israel. And through Abraham's line, Jesus the Messiah was born and an even greater nation came out of Jesus. And as for us, for you and for me, this promise for us shares the truth for those of us who follow Jesus that those who believe will live lives of significance. You see, we want our lives to matter. We want to live lives of significance and purpose. And in this promise of blessing, God promised Abraham that he would birth a great nation. He promised to Abraham significance and purpose. And to you and to me, he makes the same promise. He promises that in Jesus Christ, you will live a life of significance and a life of purpose. He is promising you today a life of significance and purpose. Second promise, I will bless you and make your name great and you will be a blessing to others. If you follow Abraham's life, you will see that God did exactly what he promised. 
This, is meant, this meant that Abram had wealth and riches, that he would find honor and distinction, that he would be a blessing to others, meaning he was influential in others' life. He was generous towards other people. And God is promising blessing to you today. Now, if you're thinking in terms of worldly success, of money, of expensive boats or cars, you are thinking in the wrong direction. That is not what God promises to you and me as followers of Jesus Christ. He does not promise earthly blessings, but he promises the riches of Jesus Christ for you and for me. When we declare our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, the promise is, is that God is going to give us Jesus in the riches that he provides, the satisfaction, the peace, and the joy that can only be found through Jesus Christ is the promise that we're given here. And in and through that, we are promised that our names will be made great. How many of you have ever been to Yesterdog in Easttown? Been to Yesterdog in Easttown? Yesterdog in Easttown has some really good hot dogs. I'm an ultra dog guy myself. I like the ultra dog. But there's something more to Yesterdog than just the hot dogs. It's the decor. It's the place. You can't really call it a restaurant because it's, it's kind of dirty. I don't know how it passes the inspections. <laughs> But when you go into Yesterdog, and if you get your dogs and then go into the dining room, you will see on the walls, on the walls of the booths, on the tables themselves, that people have done what? They've carved their name. I've carved my name in there so many times when I was a kid, I, I don't even know where they're at anymore. Why do people carve their name in a booth in Yesterdog? Because people want to see their name. They want others to see their name. And this is what God promises to you and to me, that your name will be great because you are associated as a Christian. The name that is given to you is connected to Jesus Christ, so your name becomes great. Abraham was declared a friend of God. And then God does this very other interesting thing with Abraham or with Abram. When you think of Abram, when you think of Abraham, what word do you immediately associate with him? I'm going to give it to you, faith. You think of the word faith. His name is great. Abram, faith comes to mind. He's a friend of God and God associates faith. For you and for me, our name is associated with Jesus. We're Christian, but I want to ask you, what other word is God associating with your name? Are you a person of faith? Are you an encourager? Are you generous? What is God associating with your name? Because he is making your name great. All of us, all of us struggle with worries of worthlessness. All of us wonder our value, our lovability. And in this promise, God says to you, you are valuable. I love you. I recognize, I see you. I'm gonna bless you and I'm gonna make your name great. Then third, God says that he will bless those who bless you and he will curse those who curse you. And all the people of earth will be blessed through you. This is God's way of identifying Abram with himself. And it's God's way of identifying you and me with himself. 
It's a statement of identification in Jesus. God is declaring that you are his daughter or you are his son. This is what every parent thinks about their child. If you have a child, you know exactly what I'm thinking. When people come into their lives, you think to yourself, I will bless those that bless them and I will curse those that curse them. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you have never seen your child hit on a football field or elbowed on a soccer field because whenever your child is hit on a football field or elbowed on a soccer field, mama bear comes out. And you think you're gonna jump out of those stands and you're gonna go after that kid yourself because they went after your child, because you identify with your child. You say, what concerns me concerns them. What concerns them concerns me. That's my child. And this is what God is doing in this promise. God identifies you as his daughter or as his son. These are the promises that are promises of blessing that are blessed, that are given to you and to me. Promises of significance and purpose, promises of blessing, promises of a great name, and promises of being identified as God's daughter or God's son. And now let's look at what Abram does, beginning in verse four. So Abram went as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran and they set out for the land of Canaan and they arrived there. Think about this in relationship to last week's sermon in the Tower of Babel in Genesis chapter 11. Those people decided to disregard the call of God the disregard, the call to spread out and populate the world. They sought their own comfort and security by banding together and building a great city. They disobeyed and they sought their own blessing. And what resulted? Significant problems and issues. Not Abram. He had a similar call and he chooses to obey and he obeys because of his faith. Look at how it's put in Hebrews chapter 11. Puts it this way, by faith Abram, Ham, when he was called to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. My friends, this is how obedience and faith work. You will feel called by God, then you should recognize that he promises to bless you. You will not always have the big picture. You will not always know what comes next. You will know that God is calling. You will know that he has promised to bless you, but you do not and likely will not know where you will end up. What the call to you is, is a call to obedience, to obey in faith, to respond to the Lord's call and go and move. But here's the thing, I want to be oh so clear on this. Think about the order here. The order is call, blessing, obedience. The order is not 
call obedience blessing. God has promised to bless you. He has promised to give you significance and purpose. He has promised to give you his favor and to share his goodness with you, to make your name great. He has promised to identify with you. You and I have the privilege and the opportunity to obey in faith. And by obeying in faith, we receive the fullness of the blessing. He is not blessing you because you obey. He is blessing you in your obedience, which means and demonstrates that he is this wonderful God of mercy and grace that chooses to bless you just because he loves you. You do not bless your kids just because they obey. You bless your kids because you love them. And if they obey, everybody just then lives in the fullness of the blessing. Now you may think this is beyond me. This is way beyond who I am. That's Abram. That's Abram who becomes Abraham. He is the great man of faith. His deeds are recorded all through Genesis, through the Old Testament in Hebrews 11, and he's in this hall of honor. That's not me. Well, keep in mind, Abram did not start out that way. As soon as he received this call, this blessing, and acted in obedience, in verse 10, it tells us that he decided to take matters in his own hands, and during a famine, he leaves Canaan, and he goes down to Egypt to try to create his own blessing. And when he gets there, he tells Sarah, hey, we're gonna pass you off as my sister. Pharaoh hears that Sarah is his sister. She must have been a very good looking 65 year old because Pharaoh takes her into his household and then bad things start happening to Pharaoh. So Pharaoh kicks her out. Abram and Sarah end up leaving and going back to the promised land. The point is, is just when Abram seems to have everything together, he chooses to pursue his own blessing. He had to grow in faith and obedience as well, just like you and me. My friends, God is a God of mercy and love and grace. And he has promised you blessing in the midst of the distraction and the discouragements of this life, even the distractions and the discouragements that you and I create for ourselves. God promises to bless you. Do you know what that means? That means he is for you. 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 Do you hear what I'm saying? He is for you. He is for you. God is for you. Call, blessing, obedience. My friends, live in the abundant journey of blessing that God has for you. Let's pray. Thank you so much for joining us for this podcast from Calvary Church. We hope this message has brought the light and hope of God's presence into your life, refreshing your soul for the journey the Lord has you on. If you have a spiritual need or would like to connect further with the work God is doing through Calvary Church, seek us out online at calvarygr.org. 
On our website, you can also find an archive of previous messages from this series. Thanks for listening.